All right, welcome back to Locked in My Office. In today's episode, I'm talking with Tucker and Dennis about a cultural phenomena. If you haven't played with it, you've at least heard of it. And if you haven't heard of it, well, you're probably living under a rock because we're talking about Lego. And in this conversation, we kind of talk about more of the philosophical things about what Lego means to you, but also some of the practical things and some interesting little tidbits and factoids. And it's really just a celebration of Lego because it means a lot to a lot of people at Michigan Tech. And so even if you're not a seasoned Lego person, um, just a hobbyist or just kind of interested, um, this podcast might be a good thing for you to listen to just to kind of hear um, what some of our Lego experts at Michigan Tech are up to. Um, but also I figured I might as well share and maybe I'll have this be a continuing thing is I know what I'm going to be, um, I know what the next week's episode is going to be and so I'll just give you a preview, right? I'm going to be meeting with Holly Hassel and we're going to be talking about her recent experience on Jeopardy. Um, yeah, she was a contestant on the show and so we're going to ask some questions to kind of look behind the curtain there so that should be interesting. And as always, um, Feel free to go to oberlawyer.com slash limo, O-B-E-R-L-O-I-E-R.com slash limo, um, and you can recommend uh, a guest that you might want to see on the show or questions or topics that you might want to see discussed, and we'd be happy to um, at least consider it. So um, without further ado, all right, um, so I'm super excited about today's episode because with me today I've got... Um, so I'm Tucker Nielsen. I'm currently in my second year of my master's program here at Michigan Tech. Um, I graduated back in 22 with a bachelor's in English, and now I am working to actually um, do a thesis project in terms of incorporating Lego bricks into writing classrooms. So hopefully students that may struggle with writing programs can um, feel a bit more at ease when they're using material they're closer knowing about, like Lego bricks. Cool. Cool. Uh, hi, I'm Dennis Levesey. Uh I work at the university in the College of Computing, and uh, I'm a big old AFOL, an adult fan of Lego. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, I shouldn't be surprised that there was an acronym for, for that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so what we're talking about today is, is Lego, right? We're kind of, yeah, that's, that's the whole theme today, um, and so I'm super excited. Um, so I think just to kind of get started out, Right, I, I asked you two to be on the podcast because I know that Lego has a very special, special spot in your heart. And I want to know, what does Lego mean to you as a very abstract sort of question? Whichever one you want to start. I'll, I'll yeah. jump in. Right. Yeah. Uh, I got a few more years than Tucker does uh, on me. And, and, and uh, in those years, what Lego means to me has really evolved. I was a kid, it was a toy. It was fun, right? It was, you know, it was cars and trucks and maybe spaceships and a little bit of creativity. Now it's a medium. To me, Lego is a medium to express uh, artistic ideas, creativity ideas. Uh, it's a way that I like to tell stories and, and uh, I have a, a really sort of like George Costanza, I always wanted to pretend to be an architect. Uh, and, and so I have a, a, I have a real fondness, a, a sort of an amateur interest in architecture. And we can get into that later. But, but that is reflected within my Lego passion. Uh, and I use 
these plastic bricks, what some people might refer, for, refer to as toys, uh, to, 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 to do that. And, and it's a way of getting away from work and stress of life and just mm -hmm. sort of being creative. So just like a woodworker has wood and a potter has clay, you have Lego. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Tucker? Yeah, so um, e even though I certainly do have as much experience as um, Dennis, I can certainly agree with a lot of the sentiments, especially with Lego being a medium. And um, oftentimes um, I've seen it perceived mainly as a toy because in fairness it did start out as a plastic toy. However, we've seen just how much it's really evolved over the years, and especially um, with uh, me personally working with it as an art form now, um, I really see it as a way of bridging um, imagination to reality. Um, similar to how words may be used or um, art may be used, um, it's just another one of those materials that can really unlock ideas that may otherwise not be able to be expressed. Um, can also be used to really replicate the world and change the way that we really understand the world. Um, so, so uh, you brought up the idea of like Lego is an evolving thing, and actually, mm -hmm. it seems like in like the last five-ish years, it, and maybe this is like wrong for me to say, but it seems like there's some degree of a renaissance going on in terms of like, like just even like the artistry levels of the models and things like mm -hmm. that. And I'm curious what you guys think about that because you probably know more than me. So, so for those who aren't watching this, I have in my hand uh, the, sort of the simplest or most common Lego building block. And it's a block. And it's got two studs on one dimension and four on the other. So we call that a two by four brick. And this is sort of, this, this is the classic Lego element. And, and, and the patent drawings from the 50s are built on this one right here. Uh, they, Lego was not the first company to have sort of studded building blocks. They perfected the manufacturing and they perfected something called clutch power, which we can get into later if we want, which is how these tubes on the inside allow them to really stick together well. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that when, I, when I was a kid, I had bags of different, you know, I had, I had four or five different colors of these and maybe some two by twos and one by ones, but they're all bricks. Mm -hmm. Th these days, the Lego elements have evolved into all kinds of crazy different shapes and structures, but there's a commonality and, and an integration within them so that anything that is sort of tube-shaped will fit together within a clip, whether it be a minifig hand or this clip here. And they create, they have, there's been an exponential explosion, if we want to get mathematical about it, in the numbers of ways of connecting two different pieces together, two different elements together, uh, what we call contact points. Uh, and, and so, you know, you start off by building vertically, but then, now you have elements that have bricks studs on the side. Uh, you have and, and you have all this complexity, and so now you know you, you have a lot more ways of combining things together. Types of elements you combine together, coupled with the pandemic, which people were at home looking for things to do, coupled with the you know the TV show Lego Masters, mm -hmm. coupled with just the complexity and evolution with the product that, that Lego was producing, there has been this, you know, you're right, it really is sort of this explosion in creativity and, and, and Lego is increasingly not shying away from selling bigger and bigger mm -hmm. sets, the big Star Wars sets, the Eiffel Tower, which is yay tall. Uh, and, and for those of you who can't see me, it's like four and a half feet tall. Yeah. Or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's, all, there's been a, you know, it's, 
I look at my builds from five years ago and, and they're really pedestrian compared to what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, I think the other thing I always like joke to my wife about is that Lego is like the best money extraction device like ever. <laughs> like and I, I think that's I think that's one of the, the corporate things that Lego may have figured out is that, mm -hmm. you know, their fan base is aging and they have jobs and they mm -hmm. can afford some of these bigger things and that's why we're seeing some of these bigger, more crazy models. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's an interesting <laughs> aside which is some people may have heard the, the, the statistic that Lego uh, is a better investment value than gold over the last N years. I've heard that before, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it's true if you cherry pick the data, mm -hmm. right? If you're, if you're sort of randomly sampling all the product that Lego produces, it's not true. Yeah. But if you, if you randomly sample, I mean, the, those big expensive sets mm -hmm. that they have a, a, a finite shelf life on, and then the aftermarket, they have these exorbitant prices. Uh, I mean, there is a, a number of people who sort of, they usually use it to fund their Lego addiction, mm -hmm. uh, but, but, but money can be made through invest, hoarding sets and then selling them later on. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting little aside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tucker, have you noticed any interesting evolutions since you've been yeah, so I've been building pretty much since the mid to late 2000s, um, and so I've definitely been um, part of just seeing how different these parts have changed over the years. As Dennis pointed out, going from just your basic blocks to all these different connection points, and I've been really seeing, realizing just how many different shapes are out on the market now. You have everything from little candle pieces to these very extravagant slopes, um, and even the minifigure parts themselves have begotten pretty extravagant and um, honestly a bit more representative. I've noticed that there are a lot more prosthetic limbs that are being mm. produced, a lot mm -hmm. of different hearing aids, um, different skin colors um, that the um, plastics... I saw one with, with like vitiligo. Yeah, yeah it was really mm. cool to see that. And I think it's just reflecting just, um, just how much more complex the world is getting and in addition just how much more... Lego is realizing just the importance of growing with the audience and just having these shapes out there and these different representations that can ultimately improve one's building experience. And some Lego fans are going to hate me saying this, <laughs> but a lot of the evolution within Lego has been driven by the competition. Yeah. So, so Mega Blocks, which is a competitor, and it's built on the same uh, overall style they're compatible with lego bricks they're mm -hmm. not of the same quality but they've had a lot more interesting types of connection points and mm -hmm. elements that lego has not done and lego has been catching up and trying to increasingly mm -hmm. you know they were copied for the longest time now mm -hmm. they're sort of copying some of those yeah. yeah and another interesting piece is that the manufacturing quality of some of the non-lego products has really really improved especially for some of these things you can buy off of Amazon or Alibaba from from China, yeah. and you can end up buying Lego compatible elements uh, at a much more economical. Hmm. Uh, and 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 I, and I will admit that I have done that, mm -hmm. especially in some of the, the the greenery and landscapes, the forest I have. Yeah. Well, so what? Um, I, I actually have two questions, but one is, um, I already forgot one of the questions. Uh, the other, the other question I was thinking is, right, so um, kind of back to the idea of all, all the parts that are now available, are there any, like, other LEGO enthusiasts 
that think that Lego is like getting out of control with the like the amount of parts. Like, cause sometimes I think about that. Like, there's so many. I used to think that Lego was trying to make the most amount of sets with the fewest unique parts, right?、Mm-hmm. And and I I get that they they don't add a bunch of parts like all at once. Like it's like it's always special when there's a new part in a set. Um, but it still seems like now the library parts is so big that.、Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Is, is I there, do.、Yeah. Is there anyone that feels that way or? Hmm. Honestly, I don't really see it as a big issue because、yeah. Lego has always been that kind of company that wants to go out and try new things. Sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't.、Um, take for example Galador. Their attempt at getting to the action figure market before they realized how Bionicle worked.、Um, it was a complete failure, but they made so many new parts for that. They tried it out. It didn't work. But then Bionicle came along. They realized that. Think he saw the similar connections, but modified the parts a bit, and it ended up pretty much pulling the company out of、um, the 2004 sort of recession they found themselves、yeah. in. And so, for me, I think it's really good that Lego is trying to branch out more,、um, even if they're copying a little bit from the competition. Admittedly,、um, I think just the way that they're using the parts in order to、um, just create more ideas, create more.、Um, Representations and just really show people just where they can really take their Lego building, and that's just no longer the blocky structures of the past. Yeah, it's not the first time I've heard that though. I have、yeah. heard that criticism,、mm-hmm. and, and mostly I hear that criticism from people who sort of have a passing interest or familiarity with Lego. The hardcore A falls who are building.、Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a laundry list of things that we want, and、yeah. for the longest、yeah. time. The, the holy grail piece that Lego had never produced was a one by five plate,、mm-hmm. and, and and if you talked about something that was a one by five, it was, it was you know sort of in, impossible dream. Yeah, that we now have that plate、mm-hmm. uh, because because previously you'd have to use a one by four and then a one by one exactly and, yeah, yeah. And,、mm-hmm. or a, kind of a unique technic piece which、mm-hmm. uh, that you could sometimes had the same distance but it wasn't just a straight plate.、Uh, Some of you will know what that means, and, and some of you just trust me. There's a distinction there,、uh, and so, it, so, so, the, in the hardcore Lego community, there is a, a set of type of elements that, that people are sort of wishing that Lego would produce, and, and many of them had been been driven. You know, and Lego is not、mm-hmm. copying a ton from the comp- competition, but some of the ones most recently have been. Things that the competitors use that we kept saying Lego would be great if you could do this,、mm-hmm. and to Lego's credit, when they do come up with a new element. They have a plan for how to get it out into circulation. It won't just show up in one set; it'll show up across their whole inventory,、mm-hmm. uh, and in some cases,、uh, will be purposefully sort of enriched within sets,、yeah. so they can get it out into the out into the native lands、mm-hmm. and into the people like us who want to build with it. Where, taking your original question, where you do hear criticism from the Lego community. Is from people who are sort of completist.、Mm-hmm. I want to buy all of the、Every、Lego set, Star Wars、yeah. sets,、yeah. or I want to buy all the Lego City sets. And right now, Lego is producing so many sets、mm-hmm. that、yeah. there. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, you would have to be more than independently wealthy. You would have to be very wealthy. Yeah. Maybe independently wealthy is good enough, but but you have to be fairly well off、mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to to. Buy everything that Lego is producing right now,、yeah. because Lego is now they they are they they're realizing that they 
have multiple audiences that they're trying to sell to, yeah. and those audiences don't always overlap, whereas it was much narrower in the past. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So you could buy, you know, maybe a wave might have four or five sets, and they would do one wave a year. Mm -hmm. You could sort of swing that to yeah. producing, well, I don't know what the latest number is, 250 sets it's a year? say about, yeah. 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 And some of which are, you know, they've not crossed the $1,000 barrier yet, but they will soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do my job. I told you I was going to say this and I forgot because <laughs> I was going to bring up. Um, so I, I remember seeing a YouTube video where there's a warehouse that has every, like, doesn't Lego have a warehouse of every single model or something along those lines? It's, it's at the Lego house. Yeah. It, it's, it's so in Billen. Yeah. 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 And anyways, I was going to bring up the idea of you could either be independently wealthy or a really good thief, right? You yeah, could yeah. go there and steal <laughs> everything. And that reminded me that, um, A, uh, I, I need to tell you guys that uh, you're not protected from any self-incrimination. B, uh, if you're in any sort of trouble, I'll report it. And three, anything we talk about does not necessarily reflect the views of Michigan Tech. So Michigan Tech may or may not like Legos as an official stance. Mm -hmm. The university did come to my house and take a, uh, an image of my 10 foot by 10 foot Lego city. Yeah, uh, and it was used in the most recent tech magazine. I remember seeing that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. that's a that's an endorsement to some degree. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, was, it was you know it's it's fun showing you know faculty and administrators who have lives outside of their academy and their their scholarly yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, and then they I we we did do put together uh, some shorts that we were going to try to sort of do uh, stop motion animation. Mm -hmm. For like a TikTok video, and, yeah. and I actually never saw if it actually ever made it or not. But we, you know, the university was talking about doing it. Yeah, the UMC folks were over there doing yeah. it. With us. Can you, uh, real quick, can you uh, see if you can find the find the picture? Just a, a arrow key over, and you might be able to find yeah, it. Yeah, let's see here. So uh, my, yeah, that's sort of what I think of as the best shot of my city right there. Uh, so and that's a shot where you can see sort of more of it, uh, and so that's a. Yeah, our most recent set that came out. Actually, I'll go back to that one. Wait, is that is that Back to the Future? Or no, it's the museum set, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the most recent museum yeah. set that just came mm -hmm. out. But next to it is my train station. I don't, I'm not sure how I make it stop. Oh, I'm not sure why it's rotating. But, but that train yeah. station is sort of, it, it was built as a, sort of an amalgam amalgamation of the Kansas City Grand Central Station and the... Uh, uh, Denver Grand Central Station. Both of them are sort of white limestone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but the Denver one has in this red script letter across the top, uh, travel by train uh -huh. uh, mm -hmm. in this cursive script. And I tried making that with Lego, but the red against the white, really, mm. it's a nice juxtaposition, but I couldn't do it. So on mine, if we can find it again, uh, what you, you can maybe see it right there. There's just a little bit of a little red train right there on top. Uh, yeah. And so mm -hmm. you just get that, that Contrast of color. Yeah. What, uh, right, so the, the idea of having all these parts, what, uh, where do you get started if you want to start making your own, your own setup? Like, where do you get started to get these parts? Or what advice can you give to someone who might want to start doing Lego models like this? Well, I would say certainly um, one of the best ways to really break into um, Lego building um, certainly look at, first off, any um, lower-end um, creator sets. Honestly, um, some of the builds in those creator sets, especially from 
$10 to $50. There's some really cool techniques that are used, some really great parts. It's a great way to really start building up your inventory on um, a good budget. Um, certainly if you're looking at building models, that would be a great place to start. Um, there's also free software out there on the internet. Um, I use one particular called Studio for a couple of my larger creations that I would not be able to afford in real life. Oh, uh, Studio? Yeah, so um, it's like Studio 2.0. Um, see if I was hoping yeah. To buy yeah, there's a couple different. Yeah. There's a couple. Um, so there, I, so I like that you can there. see right there. There's um, So that's one of the models I was able to build in person, but only because I was commissioned for it by the Save Hancock. Um, so for those of you listening, it is a model of the Portage Lake lift bridge. Um, it may or may not be up at the Hancock City Hall. Um, but I know it was on display at Bridgefest a couple years ago, as well as the Houghton County Fair. Um, but as you can see in the back, um, I worked on the software, designed it for um, a month or so before um, I was, um, before we ordered the parts. So I would say definitely if you're thinking on the larger end of trying to make models, once you get through um, playing around with creator sets, um, it would be a good place to look as well. Um, and, and digital building, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's free, so so you have the whole set of Lego elements within the software. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes there might be a little bit of lag before they update it, but but <laughs> so you can you know in this case, you know, I, I love Tucker's lift bridge, right? So he, so he built that using the digital, and then there are Lego aftermarkets where you can buy specific pieces. So you wouldn't have to try to source this by buying a bunch of sets that have pieces that you don't need. You, you can make very specific orders that you can get a parts list right from digital design. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't do any digital. I've played with it, but I can't do it. For me, mm -hmm. i got to be tactile touching the brakes. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I envy him because he's, <laughs> he's got really great skills on the, the digital design. Stuff. Yes, well, so, so if you aren't designing things, um, if you aren't designing things in a software like a CAD software, what does your design process look like? Like how, how much, like, are you doing any sketching or is it just emergent or do you have an idea in your head? Like, what does that look like for you? So for me, I'll have an idea and usually an inspiration. So, you know, I showed you that, that Grand Central Station, which I had a couple ideas mm -hmm. uh, and I probably had some, you've seen my bulletin board, right? I have yeah. pictures that I, I print out just to, so I can mm -hmm. sort of see things. One of these in here, I don't know if we can see it or not. Yeah, you can, it shouldn't move now if you want to find it. Is uh, this right here was a house that we used to live in. We built that house uh, when we lived in uh, North Carolina. And so, uh, it, but then, it, you know, if you looked at the house we lived in, it, it, there is some differences. So I also sort of, as I'm building and trying things out, trying to follow that inspiration, I don't let, I don't force reality into my, if, if I can make things look a little bit better, or deviate a little bit mm -hmm. within the Lego medium, I'll do that. Uh, but it's really trial and error. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. How do you sort your bricks? Um, I really, <laughs> that's a very good question. So I sort by part and then by color, if I can. Okay. So I sort only by color. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the main reason, the main reason, admittedly, is because it's mm -hmm. easier. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But, 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 the, but what, what I find is when I sort by color, if I'm trying to find... A one by eight gutter plate mm -hmm. uh, in the light bluish gray, and, and light bluish gray is a color that you get a lot of. So I have tons of these. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorting through it, and I might find some other piece. Like, oh, you know what I could do is I could take 
four of these one by twos that have this on it, and, and that might look a little bit better. And so when I find when I'm sorting my color, I, I force myself to see other elements, and I might yeah. find better ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but it's it's not efficient. <laughs> yeah. And for any of you who watch Lego Masters, mm -hmm. I mean the creations they make are are amazing. But the fact that they do it in ten hours. Mm -hmm. That house right there took me two weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, all mine are stored in grocery bags, so <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm not that cool. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. So you talked right about doing CAD um, to generate parts lists, um, but where else? So you also talked about like getting like um, bulk parts on Alibaba and things like that. But mm -hmm. there's also like the big site. What's the name of the big site that has uh, Bricklink? Bricklink. Bricklink. Yeah. Yep. So what what is Bricklink, and and how might people interface with that? Yeah. So Bricklink, um, as Sense was mentioning, is where you can get um, a lot of secondary parts. Um, you can even buy sets on there, um, both um, current and retired. Um, ultimately, it's a place really where um, you can go and get parts that you may need. Um, in fact, that studio design um, program that I did mention is directly t connected to Bricklink. So you can um, export parts lists from your builds that you create and upload them directly to Bricklink for them to generate a parts list um, that you can then um, source out. And they can actually do this for you as well, help allocate finding um, which quantity of parts are with which buyers for the best price. I do that a lot to try to help save money, especially working with clients. Um, but yeah, so I'd say Bricklink is just a really great resource, um, especially if you know exactly what parts you want, but you don't want to buy a whole set just to get those parts. But at, at, at simplest, what Bricklink is, is just a, a web front end that connects people who want to buy Lego elements on the aftermarket Mm -hmm. to people who are willing to sell Lego elements on the aftermarket. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Tucker or I, or maybe we can go in together, we could set up a store mm -hmm. and we'd list our inventory. And then someone might have a parts list and they would put that parts list into Bricklink or maybe they're just going to our store and shopping by items. And then, uh, uh, you know, they check out and, you know, it, it's, it's sort of an e-commerce site at that point. There's another one called BrickAl. Have you ever used BrickAl? Yeah, I have an account in there as well. Okay, yeah, They're also yeah. another great, um, great site for um, parts buying. I've, I've, I've so. looked at it, but I've never used it. But, but BrickLink has evolved a lot in the time that I've used it. Mm -hmm. And was two years ago, three years ago, maybe probably closer to three or four years ago, was purchased by the Lego group. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And so it's owned they by Lego. Own it. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things they have really done with it is try to expand the idea of Bricklink and AFOL generated creations. And mm -hmm. so they now sell sets yeah. uh, that have a lot less Lego design work in them, mm -hmm. uh, but are sets that people want, vote on, say, yeah, I'd like to buy yeah. that and I'll pay, you know, basically what would normally be normal retail plus a third yeah. for that set. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Tucker or I or someone else could design a set and it could be vetted through that process and it would be an official Lego set with the Bricklink box. branding and box. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, didn't you just recently get one, like some station? I got the Studgate station. Yes, yeah, so it's a, it's a sort of a classic European train station. Uh, it's really nice. It's too mm -hmm. big for my city, unfortunately, so it's mm -hmm. sitting underneath the city. 
hold up. So one of the things I like to do is, uh, on the podcast episodes, is I'm going to ask you guys a question, mm -hmm. and then we'll each pick an answer, and that's going to go on like a, a survey or whatever that'll be on Spotify. And so we'll see, we'll see who agrees with who the most. <laughs> and the question is this. You have to pick something that doesn't exist. What Lego model would you like to just poosh, poof into existence if you could mm. pick one? Like what, what, what thing would you like to see a Lego model of the most? Mm. I know my answer. What's your answer? So I grew up in Columbus, Indiana, which if you know anything about Columbus, you know for one of two reasons. One, it's the headquarters for Cummins Engine Company. But two, it's a real mecca for post-war architecture. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really been a place that post-war emerging up-and-coming modern architects went to make their bones. Saarinen, I.M. Pei, etc. And so I.M. Pei, who did the pyramid at the Louvre, uh, many other uh, uh, amazing buildings uh, throughout the world, one of his first buildings, was, or not first, one of his first, but, but early on in his career, he designed the Cleo Rogers Memorial Library in Columbus. Huh. And it's it's classic mid-century, really stark lines, and it's very simple, mm -hmm. and, and some some very purposeful or, or de deliberate asymmetry within it. You know, sort of all the hallmarks of, of mid-century. Uh, and I have built and rebuilt that building a few times. Lego doesn't make the right brick color, and it's all dominated mm -hmm. by brick. Yeah, uh, and, and it's hard to get the right scale. Yeah, and then outside of the Cleo Rogers Memorial Library is a it's called the Large Arch, but it's this very organic sculpture that was done by the famous sculptor Henry Moore, the English sculptor. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, Clear Rogers Memorial Library with Moore's Large Arch out front is yeah. what I want someone to create. And gotcha. I, would, I, I just take my money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. What about you, Tucker? Yeah, so um, so for me, I grew up in Michigan um, my whole life pretty much. Um, even if not up here, I've been in the area. And one of the most famous landmarks here in Michigan is the Mackinac Bridge. Yep. And um, you could also say Mackinac Island. Um, and I, um, I built the Porridge Lake Lift Bridge, but I have never um, attempted to build the Mackinac um, Bridge or Island yet. Um, if someone could make that, that would be incredible. What, um, what scale would you want to see it at? I just out of curiosity, because I feel like yeah. it could it could be it like could, the way the the um, Eiffel Tower was and be like a huge thing, could. or a little desk thing would be cool too. So I would say just for um, my money and for rest of America's money, um, I would probably want it at a similar scale to um, say um, the model that you saw earlier, um, sort of like a Lego architecture style, um, like maybe less than two feet, um, possibly. Um, yeah. But I definitely also want like a little miniature version of Mackinac Island off to the side that you could see and maybe even a little ferry that's sculling along the water towards it. Yeah. I just feel like um, not just for me, but for anyone who grew up in Michigan or has yeah. been through Michigan, they would probably want that too. I, just to <laughs> What about you? Well, yeah. Well, hold up. I want to say my piece of love for the Mackinac Bridge. Like, mm -hmm. I, right, because I was thinking like, what what would happen first? Would it be the Mackinac Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge? It'd probably be the Golden, Golden Gate Bridge. Gate. And that's one of the reasons why I love the Mackinac Bridge so much is because it's this amazing, impressive structure yes. that connects two tiny towns. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it, it is part of like a major highway and all that. Mm -hmm. But I just I love the Mackinac Bridge for so many reasons, and that's one of them that it's like this 
I wouldn't. I don't want to say underused because it's a lot of traffic, but oh, it's just yeah. in this like such rural area, and that mm -hmm. I don't know. It's always it's always had this like level of like almost mystery to me. But anyway, and Lego has done a Golden Gate. Yeah. Oh, they oh they, they have? have. And so so what okay. Lego does on the architecture line are these cityscapes, yeah. and they're kind mm -hmm. of two dimensional cityscapes. They got oh, a little yeah, bit of third yeah, dimension. Yeah, I yeah, like the San Francisco office. one. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the painted ladies, you know, mm -hmm. those, those yeah. Victorian houses. It's got whatever the modern spiral, uh, spire, spired skyscraper in downtown San Francisco is called. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it's got the Golden Gate Bridge with Alcatraz mm -hmm. off the side. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it does exist yeah. in really small scale. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, the whole yeah. thing's like this, so the Golden Gate. But, yeah. it, but it's done really cleverly in mm -hmm. forced perspective. Yeah. And so, yeah. so they're making, as, you get, as you're looking, you know, supposed to be looking farther off, things get smaller, so it yeah. looks like mm -hmm. it's going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have I have one of those. We got one. It was like a postcard from uh, a New York. And yeah, I have oh, yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so do you, my, do, you, do you know what you would build? Yeah, so I I know what it would be, and it's something that I have some minor aspirations. So one of these days it might bug you, um, but my uh, so my dad has this project that I've kind of helped out on a little bit, and so what it is is it's an eighteen hundred steam shovel that. Um, so it was underwater, and I don't know if you guys followed, like there was like three or four years ago, there was this catastrophic dam the failure. Yeah, the yeah. for flood. Yep, yeah. so all this flooding and all that stuff. And so the, the, the short story is that my grandpa was going to try and take it out um, sometime in the 70s. He was going like, to try and pull it out of the water because he knew it was down there. It was left mm -hmm. when they built the, built the dike and all that. Anyways, um, lost interest, went on to something else, and then all this flooding happened, and it's, you know, really tragic because mm -hmm. a lot of people's houses flooded and all that. Um, mm -hmm. But also, um, it, un it revealed the steam shovel, and, you know, my, my dad and uncle went to go look at it just for some closure because they were little kids when their dad was looking for it. Anyways, and then my dad got the, the scheme, like, or the idea, you know, because he's a, he's a heavy machinery mechanic, mm -hmm. and so he was thinking, you know, I could... Uh, I could rebuild this, right? right? And so, so he he's doing it, right? Like he's um, got the wheels all refurbished and all that stuff. If anyone's interested in looking at more, you can go um, on wixomlakesteamshovel.com and see some of the pictures. Um, anyways, I think it. I, I want it to exist because I think it would mean a lot to him if right. I could get mm -hmm. like a recreation of that that steam shovel yeah. um, just to show him. And so it would be kind of a cool technic historic historical piece, you know? That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there. One thing that you do hear from the community a lot that they wish Lego would do, but Lego's never got the IP. Some of its competitors have the IP. Uh, is Star Trek? So Lego yeah. obviously has Star Wars, and, and the Star yeah. Wars IP has been yeah a, a real, you know, it, 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 it coincided with sort of the the rebirth of the company where they mm -hmm. nearly went bankrupt in the early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, but but they've never gotten Star Wars. So people or Star Trek. So people yeah. you know they want. A Romulan ship, or they yeah. want, or, you know, they want the Enterprise, or you know, things yeah, like that. yeah. It's it's one of those things, and like when you watch like the Lego Movie, like it, they like super flaunt it to the extreme. The <laughs> amount of IP that Lego has, it's so mm -hmm. crazy. Like, like when it was like Dumbledore talking to Gandalf, like mm -hmm. so funny um, and so awesome. There's there's no company like it that. That has that much IP that I'm aware of, right? I like, don't know if I can think of anyone who does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and not all their IP uh, bets have paid off. 
They did a you know they did a bunch of sets for the Lone Ranger movie, mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, and that bombed, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so so there's uh, been a few that haven't worked out, and you know sets don't get very long life shelf lives when that happens and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at Michigan Tech, one of the things that I find is I don't want to say universal, but it's a large percentage mm -hmm. is if I talk about Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. right? At least I find my students, it's about 40% of students have at least played Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. it's a large common denominator. Mm -hmm. Another one is Legos, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so have you, have you, like, do you have that in your pocket of like a, oh, I can always talk about Legos with students or things like that? Mm -hmm. Or I know, I know that's one of my things that I, I know, like kids, Kids will, or students will come into my office and see Legos and be like, oh, I have the Millennium Falcon, and then talk about it. And it, it's always a good um, icebreaker, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if you guys have similar things with that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I actually teach um, a composition class right now, and it's themed around toys, games, and play. And so we often do talk about Lego in that class, and I use it as a way to um, sh help show students that, hey, I'm like you, I have um, different interests, I have different hobbies. And additionally, it's okay to explore those different hobbies even in school, um, especially with um, learning. It doesn't always have to be about engineering or doesn't always have to be about the sciences or arts. Like, you can just enjoy your hobby. And then later on, you can realize, oh, these elements of engineering are involved or, oh, um, these parts of science can be used to help make me enjoy my hobby even more. And so I've used it also not just as like a way of breaking the ice with students, but kind of like really helping them engage with their interests in a way. So it becomes like a gateway tool for me, especially yeah. connecting with students. Yeah, because you've, you've been using it for like your master's study, right? Like yes. What, what does that look like? So right now um, it's still under review, um, but my plan is to have my students um, engage in four activities where they're based off of the four core assignments that the class is currently built upon and they would be answering prompts by using Lego bricks in order to create their own models. Um, they have like about 200. Um, at the end they would um, talk about their models a bit. Um, they'd also be writing a reflection talking about how they thought about the process of building the model, um, how they connected the prompt to the model, what um, did they um, what skills do they think that they've picked up on, especially in terms of if they're talking about build that they've created, or if they're um, using the parts to brainstorm ideas, um, or using them to find resources, such as like with our anti-bibliography um, assignment. So the bricks, in a way, then become a bridge in a, um, in a sense. They bridge um, concepts that may not otherwise be tangible to students. Um, so. Yeah, I, I remember you gave a you gave a talk at the um, learning conference, teaching learning conference um, last summer, mm -hmm. and it made me think. And I still want to implement this um, of of the idea of combining play with teaching. Yes. And I really like the idea of using something like Legos, or I really thought of like Play-Doh, mm -hmm. to try mm -hmm. and somehow describe an abstract concept. Like, um, mm -hmm. so I I teach like a class in microcontrollers where. Um, right now, as I'm teaching it, I'm going through um, all the different instructions about how you logically and things and add things and shift things mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And and I really want to do this. I just I just need to bite the bullet and buy a bunch of Play-Doh. 
but I want to say like give everyone a random instruction mm -hmm. and then say make this instruction out of Plato. Mm -hmm. And then you just got to think like how could yeah. I possibly represent addition with Plato mm -hmm. or shifting things or comparing things? I yeah. think it would be just a fun like Friday assignment at the end of class or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so so Nil for Onder is one of our faculty members in college computing. Uh, and I think she does this in her in the algorithms course, which is a core CS course. Uh, but in every class, the students have to make some sort of diorama, visual aid, uh, in some cases, sort of metaphor of some of the one of the algorithms that they studied in the class. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And and she shared several of them with me that students have done over the years, and it's just absolutely amazing uh, what students can do when they take these really complex ideas and then recast them into some sort of physical world or you know two-dimensional representation yeah. etc mm -hmm. yeah and 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 to your point lego is often used as a metaphor for sort of computing problems right you know, yeah, take, take big sure. problems yeah. pull apart into small problems i mean the whole idea of some of the really simple you know uh, drop and drag programming languages are basically mm -hmm. built on on yeah. that idea yeah you know. yeah and so what about, what about you, Dennis, in terms of uh, using Lego as a connection thing with, with people? Or... Uh, not as much. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually been in the classroom. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was just thinking about that recently. It's, I mean, it's been since 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah, so, uh, but for me, in my office, I do have... Uh, a sign, a three-dimensional sign that I built out of Lego that's nice and framed, that's Michigan Tech, and it's got lots of greebling, mm -hmm. which is a Lego word for just adding detail for the sake of detail. Yeah. Uh, make it look techy. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but, but it says Michigan Tech, and it's got a couple of minifigs representing, you know, sort of the various aspects of life in the Keweenaw and, and Michigan Tech students. And, and people will come in, it's sort of the first thing they see, and so it, yeah. it's a nice little icebreaker. We'll talk about that. And, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I didn't, I didn't do that intentionally, but but mm -hmm. I, I found it just works that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's, well. I actually did do that intentionally. The the cannon in my office. It's <laughs> okay. kind of like so that that was my uh, my grandpa um, my grandpa Moose. I was talking about that. Was trying to get the theme shovel. Um, he did the casting for that. My uncle did the woodwork, and it has been sitting at my grandma's house for a while. And, and so it's it's one of those like instant conversation starters. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. What what's your uh, what's your favorite piece in your collection? And I guess you could you could take this a couple ways. Or you mean like individual piece or mm -hmm. like like the whole assembly? Yeah. Hmm. I know if you want me. If, if, yeah, you can go ahead. All right. So mine is a very simple element, uh, and it's what they call this gutter piece. Mm -hmm. So it's a modified. So so a plate is. The th you know the thinnest elements that Lego makes, uh, so it's one stud high, and, and uh, this is a modified one by plate. They make them in, in one by eights and one by twos, and it's got this little gutter piece, and it's meant to represent sort of the gutter of a house. But what what I because I do a lot of architectural building, what I, I often use this piece for is because it protrudes out in, you know, a, a dimension orthogonal to going up and down, so it's you know sticking out. It just adds a little detail. And, and so I can just use it for a gratuitous little splash of detail that's yeah. really subtle. Uh, 
and I got a bunch of them, but I just love this element. I end up, I over, I overuse it. I end up using it way too much. And so recently I've been trying to force myself to do other things. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So for mine, um, it's a bit different. Um, so I really enjoy, um, the one by two Mason bricks. Mm -hmm. So as in, um, these bricks have a, um, brick sort of texture on top of them, which is actually raised a bit. So you can see the grooves inside. Um, but I really like is that you can flip them around and there's um, another texture that's just one single groove running down like a plank kind of through the plank. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just flat. And so I really like about those bricks um, is that you can use them to represent masonry, of course. But then you can also um, you can also not just use them for walls, but you can um, mount them onto the side, laying flat. And then I've used them to try and make roads. Mm -hmm, yeah. I've seen people do that as yeah. well. And if you flip the brick over to show the one side with that single groove running through um, horizontally, um, you could use that to um, create more um, detail, more texture. Yeah. And so I think it's versatile in that regard. Yeah. And there's, there's a similar element, which is a, a, a one by two brick that has the textured lines horizontal on one mm -hmm. side and vertical on the other. I forget what they call that that, that element. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I end up using that one a lot as that well. That's a good one. And, well. and I also, you know, I, what I end up doing is doing a checkerboard of them. Yes. And, and yeah. so they catch, because they have like these little grooves that go vertical or these little grooves go horizontal, they mm -hmm. catch light in interesting ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially when you checkerboard it like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I see right there, I've got um, my my Seinfeld. Yeah. And, he, and he's got those, yeah. those bricks that you're talking about. And it, Mm -hmm. I, I intentionally, like, my wife had said, how come you didn't put it next to Seinfeld's, um, like, apartment that I have in my office? But I, I intentionally put it by the, uh, by the Millennium Falcon just because, once again, that IP crossover, like, I think it's really mm -hmm. funny, like, what's the deal with Chewbacca? You know, like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, but your, your, your question sort of gets at a really sort of fundamental Lego concept. And in fact, occasionally on the Lego Masters, they, they utilize this idea, mm. and it's the creative part usage. Yeah. Mm. And so, so, so A Falls, again, an adult fan of Legos, love this idea of taking an element that was meant for one thing and using it in some completely random new way. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, have, I did bring one example of that. And so for those of you who can't see, I got a couple of these little flower pieces that have four petals on them. Uh, one's in green to represent this, the base, and then one's in the sort of a, a purplish color to represent the flower. And then, in this case, what they've done is they've used a Technic axle going through, uh, which goes through those two elements and holds them together. And then this piece right here was a broom. And so we're, we were debating before we started, we're trying to remember, was this piece for the... the the broomsticks for Harry Potter, or maybe it was for the brooms from the Sorcerer's Apprentice, or maybe both. But they've used it as, uh, what do they call this? I guess that's the, uh, the stigma of the plant, right? It's the piece that's protruding away from the petals. I'm a, I, I don't yeah. know my flower anatomy very well. Uh, but, but anyway, I mean, it's, you, you never would have thought to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, you know, Lego nerds really geek out about things like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's that, and then also, like, it, this kind of sparked my memory about, I, the, what was the big castle that was, like, sold, like, came on the market, like, two years ago? I own it, 
Yeah, I know that doesn't help you. But the 90th anniversary castle? Yeah, the 90th anniversary. So, so they call that the, the uh, Lion Knights The castle. Lion Knights yeah. Castle. Lion Knights Castle, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, and so... That's a great set. It's, really it's a great it. set. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, I really, really like that set. I, uh, I, felt, I felt dirty spending all that money on it, but it made me... It was like... I, I personally like to spread my builds out. Like, I don't like try to like get them all done all at once. I'll, yeah. you know, pace it out. And it was just like a consistent source of joy. But anyways, um, two things. Uh, one is just like you were saying that creative part use, like finding like oh god, you like these parts that you're familiar with and seeing them used in weird ways. Mm -hmm. But also, um, with big sets like that, and even small sets now, I'm noticing more like the Easter eggs that you get. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. um, like there was like a solid piece of train on that castle. And as you're building it, you're putting in little gold nuggets that no one is ever going to see because it's completely encapsulated mm -hmm. in the part. I just love that because it's like, it's, it's almost like not only does the finished model tell a story, mm -hmm. but as you build the model now, it's telling a story, which yeah. uh, it's like, I get chills just thinking about it. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and taking that idea and extending it just a little bit, one of my personal favorite things to do is, so I have a large city, and, and really the city is, you know, it's the key elements of it are the buildings, mm -hmm. and it's a combination of mostly Lego sets, but also mocks, and, and we've not defined what a mock is, but it's a my own creation, so it's something that I build out of my own imagination. Uh, so I have that, the, the city and the landscaping, but it's the Easter eggs. It's yeah. the Mr. Mm -hmm. T minifig walking down the street. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's It's... The, the little kid who dropped his ice cream cone who's got a, a mad face, right? I mean, yeah. I, I decorate the whole city, you know, with all these little Easter eggs throughout. That The little things of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that, and so, you know, Tucker's been to my house and I bored him to tears as I was sort of, oh, and then I did that over here, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I always enjoy going over because it always changes. You have these, you always change up the Easter eggs too. Yeah. Like, I just really enjoy just how much fun you have with the city. I, I always wondered, like, if, if this is intentional, and maybe you guys know this, like, in the Lego manuals, they tell you how to do, you know, how to make the entire set, mm -hmm. but they never tell you where to actually put the minifigs, right? And so I almost wonder if that's, like, an invitation to do just, like, what you were saying, Dennis, of, like, think it out and, like, have that storytelling of, like, well, where should they go? Where would it make mm -hmm. sense? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. uh, because they always usually tell you to build the minifig when you first tear into that set of bags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's interesting because I, Tucker mentioned that I just did this stud gate set, which was mm -hmm. this Bricklink designer set, and it did not have nearly the quality control within it. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so it was not designed for sort of the most economical amount of parts. Like some Lego sets are it's sort of amazing what they can get to with so few parts mm -hmm. to bring down cost. Uh, but in that set... They you you would build the minifigs, often midway through that set of bags, uh, and then they would tell you where to put it. And um, I had never seen that before. Like I never yeah. seen, like, put it on that stud. Okay, but then they, they, you know, later on they had some pictures where things are moved around. The minifigs are moved around, but they did say put it here. And so hmm. I don't know. I assume those are those manuals are generated automatically yeah. from the designer yeah. files, and so yeah. presumably that's where they were in there, and that's yeah. just got rolled up into it. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any Lego horror stories? Like, cause I know Dennis, you've like mm. gone to like a couple of shows. Like, have you ever had like 
anything bad happen? I've actually only done one. I was going to go to another, but I work got in the way. Uh, grr. Uh, but no. Uh, I mean, we've all dropped sets and mm -hmm. had them break, and you know, then you kind of end up rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't. I mean, I you know, and I, I, I mean, I've moved and, and I've moved the city from North Carolina to Kansas, from Kansas to here. Mm -hmm. uh, and each time the move, it's things break, and but I'm always surprised at how much things don't break. Yeah. So 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 that, well, I wouldn't call that a horror story. It's sort of yeah. better than I expected. But there is a YouTuber, mm -hmm. Alex Nunes. Yep. Who we both watch as mm -hmm. we're nerding out watching YouTube about Lego. And his city is five times as big as mine. Yeah. I mean, it's giant. And he's known for having one of the biggest cities out there. Mm -hmm. But at one point, many years ago, his wife had, before they refinished his basement, mm -hmm. she was having someone come in and, like, dust the HVAC oh, ducts. Yeah. Oh, and his whole city no. had just dust, oh, like, this no. high over the whole... You know, he makes this video about it. I mean, you just... Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he was somewhere between just... Crushed, crestfallen, and, and, and mad as hell. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just, yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> I, I think, or I guess, Tucker, do you have any, like, horror stories? Or? So, I, I'd say um, I don't have, like, one single event, but it's more like several that happen. And it's with um, brittle parts. Oh, yeah. So, I, like, I hear, like, the dark brown is notoriously yes, brittle. The reddish brown, I love the color, but I hate how easily it can break um, yeah. over time. Also a dark red as well. And so for me, the one of the worst things that can happen in, in a physical build that I'm doing is that I'm going to remove it, or I'm going to um, place it in, and then it just breaks. Yeah. Like just the slightest little touch, um, especially if they're from several years ago. And I think it's just like a plastic thing, but it just always fills me with dread when it happens. Yeah. But the new the new browns are not no, the, the reddish not. new reddish browns are not near as bad as the old. No. I mean we call them brittle brown. Yeah. Interesting. But still yeah. you can come across those parts that it's never fun when they break on you. And the dark reds they have real quality control issues oh, because yeah. the shades vary so much. They can. Yeah. yeah. So for me when it happens it's just like every single time. Yeah, yeah. Just I So yeah. my my story of in like you said, we've all dropped models. I, mm -hmm. I've actually only really broke, like, had one model, like, fall, and and it was that the Millennium Falcon there, and mm -hmm. it was an undergrad, and I, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of space, but I had like my electronics workbench in the basement of the house that we're living in, and then I had like a, a shoe, like a, like a, shoe shelf thing, and it was used for like components, and mm -hmm. on top of that, I had the Millennium Falcon, and it was a kind of partially unfinished basement, anyways, and. Uh, I came home one day and whoosh, all over the place, mm. and um, and it was the cat, of course, right? Oh, so what Darth Vader couldn't do, my cat he could do. <laughs> I could take out the blank but and but it was interesting because that actually, I, so my roommate who lived like on the other side of that it was like a little finished room in the basement. Um, mm -hmm. He lived on the other side of that, but he was gone. Uh, it's a long story, but he he was like in the hospital for a while, and. Uh, and so no one was going in that room. And then, so I, I ended up um, putting the whole Millennium Falcon back together and I think I put it in a different spot or I, I can't remember what I did. But then like a few weeks later, um, my cat jumps back up there and then I see him go zoop into the drop ceiling in, into that room. And I'm like, Salem, no! 
and I opened the door and the drop ceiling was all already oh, like no. crushed and out of shape. And anyways, yeah, that was, that was my <laughs> double kind of horror story, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so you, so you, you reminded me of actually, I do have one horror story and I have a, a, my wife and I have one son. He's now 13. And at the time he was probably eight or nine, something along those lines. And my wife calls me. And she's like, you're going to be upset when you get home. It's not the plot to the Lego movie, is it? <laughs> That's a different story. Okay. I'll come back to that. So she's like, you're going to be upset. I'm like, okay, what, what happened? And she's like, Mac, Max and Jack were downstairs playing in the Lego city. I'm like, oh, okay. And they destroyed it. Oh, And, oh, no. and uh Max to this day blames Jack, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. but but it was a good thing that they weren't home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I sort of steeled myself for it by the time I got home, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and did not expect the amount of damage they had done. Mm -hmm. uh, and it emotionally hit me way harder than I expected it to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I was again somewhere between really, really mad and really, really just sort of crushed and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, was sort of vacillating back and forth between the two. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, you know, many years later, it's, it's, it's a funny story to tell, but mm -hmm. yeah, at yeah. that time, yeah. when, when we watched the Lego movie, uh, for the first time we saw it live in the theater, mm -hmm. back when people went to theaters, yeah. uh, and uh, we didn't know sort of the great reveal at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to ruin anything for people who are listening in if you've not seen it, but watch it. It's a good, it is a legitimately yes. good movie. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, when the great reveal happens, Lauren sort of leans over and looks at me and she sort of shakes her head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got to check our time here. So I, I, think, I think another important thing that in Legos and just, making in general so i'm kind of like a, a champion for for making but i think something i want to like say is it's okay to just get legos out and just build stuff and and you don't have to make this amazing castle mm -hmm. or you don't have to make you know the eiffel tower you can just put bricks together and and so that's that's like a thing that i've tried to show up my daughter she's three years old now and of course we have legos mm -hmm. and um and so last Christmas, um, I remember just randomly putting things down and basically making it look like abstract art just to show like, you know, it doesn't have to be anything. You can just mm -hmm. do like goofy things. And then it was so, it was so cool because like all of a sudden this abstract stuff I was putting, she's like, this is a sink because I think it had like one little like mm. hoop piece. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden she started identifying it as like different house parts. And, and so it was so, um, so cool. But I, yeah, I want to like say that to like anyone that, wants to play with Lego, but like might be intimidated because mm. they, they see the work that other people do. You don't have to do that. You can just no. make basic, a little, try and make a little pizza or whatever yeah. it turns out to be, you know? Uh, you, well said. Yeah. Uh, and there are times when you know, I, I just grab elements and start putting them together. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who can't see this, this is just a series of bricks of different colors that I was just playing around with color, just trying to you know, and, yeah. and sometimes I'll be doing these little, just little ideas or, or nuggets of, a, of an idea. Uh, and ultimately, you know, I've come back and used these colors together, ones I think that worked well together, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so, I mean, sometimes you take to some of these things that you've done just by playing around 
and incorporate them into something bigger, yeah. mm -hmm. which is back to yeah. the idea of design and building and making, right? You know, mm -hmm. you, you, it's hierarchical. Uh, say one more thing. I have no problem saying that I play with Legos. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some adults are a little squeamish or, or a little, uh, you know, try, try apprehensive. Yeah, apprehensive. Yeah, better mm -hmm. word around the, the idea of playing. You know, mm -hmm. it's supposed to, you're supposed to be you're an adult. You're supposed yeah. to be serious. Uh, and, and there's a NBA basketball player who plays for the Pacers. Mm -hmm. Miles, uh, I forget his name. Miles mm. Brand, is that his name? Maybe. Uh, anyway, he's a big A-fall. Mm -hmm. And he was asked about this in an interview. And it went throughout the whole Lego community. And he's like, well, let me start off by saying one thing. I build with Legos. I don't play with Legos. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, to me, they're the same thing. But, but yeah. it, it's, you know, it's... It is it is a medium for building and creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and with things like Technic, which we've touched on here and there, you can build really complicated machines. Yeah, uh, and you know, do some really amazing things that are very mechanical. Yeah, you know, it's a it's interesting because I I um, I teach an intro to robotics class, and uh, and they have they have an objective right now that um, it's basically one of these GoPros that like I'm filming with. Um, and it's a competition across lab sections where they need to make a robot that can achieve an X, Y, Z, roll, pitch, yaw. And so the more axes that you can control given your budget, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, and I had one team say, like, can we use Lego? Like, can we use Technic? And as a prototyping platform, mm -hmm. it's actually not a bad idea. I mean, you mm -hmm. could also use 3D printing or woodworking and all stuff. But the nice thing with Legos is prototyping, like, a physical device like that is you can pop things apart and change things. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see if they go that route or Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and, and the whole first robotics, right? I mean, so, so you know, the Lego is in, in a lot of different ways tried to blur the lines between their products and a digital medium. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, so they have a control system for the Lego robots and yeah. they have, uh, you know, all sorts of, they've, they've tried it. They played around with augmented reality as well. Mm -hmm. And they definitely, Spent a lot of time building Lego video games that sort of yeah. describe the features of the physical Lego building experience. So for me as a computing guy, mm -hmm. I love that sort of, you know, that digital connection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I actually, um, funny you mentioned that, Dennis. Um, do you know the Lego Builder app at all? No. Have you heard of it? Wait, is it the AI thing where you yeah. can take a picture? You can take a picture of bricks, yeah. Oh, well, I was oh. like, but like, on the actual, like, there's a Lego instruction sort of app, and on there they have, like, for some of the sets, they have, like, a 3D model per step oh, that you can go through that. and then change um, the different views. So the orientation, yeah. Yeah, so... It's... Oh, well, what, what I was thinking of is I've seen this app that it's, um, you take a picture of a bunch of Legos, mm -hmm. and it will generate a set of instructions for you to make something with those. I can't oh, remember really? the name of the app, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, it's kind of an interesting machine vision AI thing. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are using generative AI right now, of taking real objects in real mm. life and then Legofying them. Mm. And so, yeah. so it's, it's some sort of chat GPT generative yeah. you know, image yeah. creation thing. Huh. I'm a bit mixed because I can, on one hand, I see it as great inspiration, perhaps, but I know some people try to pass it off as Lego or like they'll try to just say, this is Lego art. And at the same time, people that do make Lego creations, that play with Lego creations um, can get annoyed with that because to them it's not really so much as creating something but rather just generating ideas. 
Yeah, I mean, and so for me, it's kind of mixed that way. I think it could be a great inspiration tool, but some people may just use it as, here you go, the end-all product, even though there may be more work to be done. Well, many of the things that they've generated, the, the, many of the Lego-ifications in those generative are not things that could actually physically be realized no, in real life. No, of course not, yeah. But, but having said that, I mean, it's pretty cool, and, and, mm -hmm. I, and I'm a big advocate for digital AI-inspired art as long, as well as my, my, my favorite medium, other than Lego, is, you know, traditional plein air painting. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, evol art evolves and media evolves. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, shameless plug, uh, <laughs> soon we'll be having our second annual uh, In Silico mm -hmm. Art yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. show, uh, sponsored by the College of Computing and the Institute for Computing and Cyber Systems. Right. Yeah, Wonderful. I I, I want to make an entry to that. I, I want to do something that's electrical and involves light mm. and sound. Um, okay. I wanted to make one last year. I just mm. didn't there was an interactive one last year. Yeah. Uh, sort of an interactive. I think it was the Dean Response Bot. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'd seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I tried not to take that one personally. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there, you know, and then some of them were even as simple as you know, it was the Husky Dog done in, in ASCII art. Yeah. Uh, so, so the whole gamut of, of yeah. what people yeah. could do. Yeah. One of our students did a, a, a generative art of what Houghton would look like in the year 2010 or something. I, I, oh, I, interesting. 2100 or whatever. I don't know what yeah. the year was, but some mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Anyway. The last question I want to ask you is which album do you recommend someone listens to after? After listening to this podcast, after listening to this episode, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be with to do with Lego, but what, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Has nothing to do with Lego, but uh, as I mentioned before, I grew up in Columbus, Indiana. I actually grew up halfway between Columbus, Indiana, and Seymour, Indiana. And if you know anything about Seymour, Seymour was the small town that John Mellencamp grew up in. And I've been a, a closeted Mellencamp fan most of my life, uh, and uh, most recently. This uh, back in 2023, he did a new album, uh, Orpheus Descending, which Bob Guccione Jr. of Spin called the album of the year, uh, and it's the most powerful uh, social commentary since Bob Dylan. It's and it's in his later years, his his voice has gotten much sort of stronger and darker and smokier. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and much, he, he much more of a bluesy feel to his music these days. Uh, in fact, one of his albums, a few albums ago, was was produced by T Bone Walker. Uh, so he's, but this album, check it out. It's amazing. Interesting. Well, hold up though. I, I do want to talk. So, the idea of being a closeted music fan, actually, or of of a certain music. I, in the last episode we recorded. Um, with Jim and Jared, um, we talked a lot about music, and I talked about this thing about how I I would be like ashamed to like listen to some music, and then I like hit this like this point where I was like, it's so stupid to be ashamed of anything that you listen to, you know. So like, what, why, why yeah. do you why closeted? Like, yeah, some of his older stuff was very poppy, mm -hmm. yeah. kind of kitschy, right? You know, it was John Cougar, yeah, uh, but it was actually quite good. And, and when I say I'm, I, you know, I often will say that I'm a closeted NASCAR fan as well. Yeah. Uh, everyone who knows me knows I love John Mellencamp. Everyone who knows me knows me I love NASCAR. And me saying that I'm closeted is just sort of a way of uh, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, I get why you might. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't really hide it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. 
in the closet but the door is open yeah exa yeah, yeah exactly there we yeah. go yeah cool yeah so um for me um the album name is escaping my mind but it's the album that comes right after pink floyd's the wall Mm. Um, after Roger Waters left the group, after um, how successful um, the wall was, and kind of just the um, it just became so much. But the album that came after um, has some really great tracks, and I feel it's very underrated, um, very mellow. Um, but at the same time, it has a punch to it. Mm -hmm. um, I know the track that sold me on that album was "Learning to Fly." If you've heard of it, probably um, a lot of a lot of um, Pink Floyd stuff I've heard. The music, but I just don't know the names of the songs. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say um, I'm trying to remember the album name right now, um, but mm. it's one that Learning to Fly is on. Um, I would definitely recommend that one, especially as a way of kind of winding down and just relaxing, and just letting the music just um, let you drift away. What do you listen to when you build? Oh. Um, Think it's kind of a bit a bit mix of like um, rock and country, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, just kind of mellow stuff. Um, a momentary lapse of reason. Momentary that's, lapse of reason. That's, that's yep. yes. That one I definitely recommend. Very. I think it's pretty underrated. I, to answer your question, I I do uh, yeah. like if I'm building like a Star Wars set or like it's like Star Wars. I listen to sound Star Wars soundtrack. Or if I'm building like the like the castle, it'd be like Renaissance music. Mm -hmm. And I, I was watching like a bunch of like. Uh, um, you know, medieval movies and things okay, like that. Okay. So yeah, I, I I try to get into like the whole. You got the theme. Princess Bride on as you're watching. Exactly. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll see. For my project right now, um, I've been listening to um, sort of a lot of um, Gordon Lightfoot to say. Oh, nice. Um, so kind of um, kind of like sort of Great Lakes inspired music, kind yeah. of like um, sort of like sort of country. Yeah. Sort of very Wait, so, so you're trying to say that you're building the Mackinac Bridge. It's a secret right now, but you're building it. <laughs> well, right? it may not be the Mackinac Bridge, yeah. but it'll be a Great Lakes related thing yeah. um, for certain. So it will be by the water. Um, very cool. So so what about you? Favorite album or album you recommend oh. given this conversation? Oh, yeah. man, it, it changes um, every day. Uh, but like as a, uh, as a general recommendation, it would be The Will to Death. And it's by a musician called John Frusciante. He's he's oh, more yeah. commonly known as um, yeah. the guitarist for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, he has a solo work um, that um, it's so he had an addiction to heroin and when he kind of started his solo work. And so a lot of his early solo work can be really hard to listen to. But it's one of those things that you can like you can listen to it and there's some really interesting ideas. But you gotta you know like. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I might keep closeted if you were to say closet. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, but his later stuff, he really comes in, um, and uh, and yeah, there's this um, uh, there's a song. Uh, and now I can't remember the name of the song, which is really embarrassing because it's my favorite song ever. Um, uh, but there's this, he has a song on it that doesn't have like the traditional like structure of like verse, chorus, verse, or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like a poem, but it's got like a really cool like mellow solo that he's known for mm -hmm. um now i gotta i gotta find the name of the song um yes so that's like my go-to but i i have i'm always listening to music mm -hmm. um uh, let me find the name of the song the will to death is the album oh not not cloud emoji why would it type that the will <laughs> to death um 
Yes, Unchanging is the name of the song. Hmm, so, okay. yeah, I highly recommend listening to it. But. Cool. Anyways, thank you Shane, so thanks for much. having us. Yeah, thank yes, you. Yes, I'm so happy that you were locked in my office talking about Legos. Super duper fun. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So, for the community real fast, uh, we did this, I, I did this in the September of two years ago. So, September 21, I had an open house at my house and sort of opened it up and a few people who I had never met before came by. Uh, but I do plan on having a Lego open house for the city, and, and, and the whole top floor of my house is dedicated to Lego. So that there's you know sets that I've collected as well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So that will be I don't know, late February, March, something right. along those lines. In the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I'm, I'm not. I probably won't put it in the paper or anything. But but <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're interested, yeah. shoot me a note. I'm easy to find, and I'll, okay. I'll let people know. Get already. If you don't mind putting me down. Oh, absolutely. Tucker, I I gotta have you there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, peace out, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.